0: Hey everybody, welcome to Stuff Said, the show where I, Greg Schigel, a cartoonist, talk to people in the worlds of comics, cartooning, and beyond. Nice long conversations about making comics, thinking about comics, being comic book makers. On this episode, I am talking to Erica Henderson, who is probably most well-known as the artist on the current Marvel series, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. ...and I met Erica... ...well, we talk about this a bit on the show... ...in 2013. And it's a neat bit of circumstance that led to our meeting... ...but it's very cool to see how... ...I guess quickly, but not quickly... ...but how quickly she's become known. Because she's she's good. She's good at drawing comics. And also interesting about this conversation is... ...we recorded it in February of 2015... This is coming out on May 15th, 2015, and normally I don't address timing, but it's interesting only in that we cover a bunch of stuff that, between February and May, became kind of hot topics on the internet. Things like costumes, things like personalities in comics, things, just the sort of stuff that Kind of took the internet by storm. If you pay attention to social media and that kind of thing, and it's fun to have touched upon it before, ridden that wave, and then release the show after the fact when the news cycle dies down. Be interesting to see how people react, if at all. The only other thing I'll say going into the recording is I have a book. It's called Picks: One Weirdest Weekend. You can read the first chapter for free at pixcomic.com, P-I-X-C-O-M-I-C. Buy the book. Support the book. In fact, if you want to do something super awesome, tell your local library to order the book. That would be tremendous because the more people that can see the book, the more people will know about it, the more people will know about it. Hopefully they'll start talking about it and telling other people about it, and it will become popular, which would be awesome. So I'll say more after the talk. Stick around. There's there's cool stuff I'm going to say. Now I have to think of cool stuff to say. Here's my talk with the very talented Erica Henderson, which could have the subtitle, Guy Who's Not That Old, Sounding Like a Super Old Man, Talking to Somebody Younger. That's a terrible subtitle. Here's me talking to Erica Henderson.
1: Atomic
0: We just talked for like an hour and a half. I know, right? It's like, now what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and I like, to go, I like to glide into the formal conversation, so we can't just be like, let's start here. That's boring. That's too formal. I can't handle it.
1: I can't remember how the other ones start.
0: They all start sort of just midstream.
1: Okay, so we'll just, we'll just keep talking we'll Yeah, we're going to
0: talk, and eventually I'll get to the point where we talk about whatever we're talking about. But for what it's worth, you were asking before, you know, when I see things out there, that maybe rile me up, whether somebody not doing the research, whatever. We're going to talk about something you posted on the internet. Oh, which one is it? That set me, well, we're going to get to it. I tease her. We got we to gotta build a foundation before we get to that. We have to let people know that you and I know each other. Okay. Before I come at you with like, all right, you did this and it got me mad. <laughs> so yeah, we, right before we started recording, we talked about how I had read some Atomic Party Girls before I met you. Yes. Or you met me. But what I find very interesting about how we got to know each other is you sort of appeared in all of our radar. And I mean, uh, our, it's me, Smitty, and Jermaine, XM at Acme Comics. Almost at the, it felt like at the same time that you appeared before we.
1: Right, because I had met Jermaine at Boston Comic Con because right. he knew Joe Amaris and I was hanging out with them. So we all got dinner together. But he also, before we got dinner together, got a commission for me. Of the bad guy from the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Right. And I was talking to Smitty about the Einhorn's Epic Cookie comics. Right.
0: Yeah, and so that that's the story. Is I was doing research for one of my panels. I was looking for artwork of characters to do for this costume game that I play. You mm-hmm. saw the costume right. game. yep. And in the course of that, I found this Marvel Comics Handbook Redux page. And you did a bunch of artwork on that. Yep. And this is around the time Smitty was working on that Einhorn cookie thing with the horses. So I followed your path through that. And I'm like, oh, there's this comic, Subatomic Party Girls. I'll check that out. So I checked that out. I'm like, this is really good. <laughs> I should tell Smitty about this person. She could do these horse comics. <laughs> so I called, Smitty. I, I think I've told you this story. I called Smitty up and I said, hey, right. here's somebody you might want to look into.
1: Well, I think Smitty told me the story from yeah. his perspective.
0: And then he said, yeah, I just emailed her. It was the weirdest like coincident, and then and then it was Jermaine had met you, and you were going to be a comic book city con, right? And like it was this giant, sort of all the 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 locus points, which might be the wrong phrasing, <laughs> kind of all zeroed okay. in. And it almost seems like, well, there's two there's two things I want to ask you about. Three. First thing is, did it feel for you, as all of us were becoming aware of you, that a large number of people were becoming aware of you at the same time?
1: I guess at that point it was hard to tell, because I—I I don't think I'd been freelance for very long, but I had done enough stuff on the side or just like getting my name out there.
0: You'd done the atomic robo means. thing, right?
1: Yes, that was the first thing I did when I got laid off from my job and decided to go freelance. Right. because <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian and I were talking about doing a thing together anyway, and then right. he was like, "Oh." Uh, this happened to coincide
0: Let's do this in the meantime Sure Yeah
1: So yeah sometime Party Girls Came Almost immediately after that
0: Right That would have been May I think what
1: might have been like Actually sketching the characters While I was working on the thing with Brian
0: That was 2013 or 2012?
1: 2013
0: Uh Right? Summer of tw- Yeah
1: right at the very end of 2012 Okay I think into 2013 Yeah
0: Okay I think Yeah That, that computes in my brain Sounds right. Yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, I mean, yeah, Now i have that... forgotten the question. Well, the question <laughs> is: that, Were you were you conscious of okay, um, the greater awareness, or so
1: I? Because I think I'd been actively and I hate this phrase, but actively building my brand. Sure. Online and consciously, so... or just you were? It oh, was, was, it was happening. it was on purpose. Okay, so I consciously mean, building a brand. Yeah, there was there was a time period where I was trying to make sure I posted a certain amount of work online, so people would see it. Interesting. And I had made I don't remember how long before that the switch from Blogspot to Tumblr primarily because on Tumblr you can share someone's work much more easily by linking back to them by clicking the re-tumble or reblog whatever button. Yeah. You know, it automatically goes back to the creator whereas with Blogspot if you want to share someone's work it was extra effort to say this is by so and so, I found it here. You would just post you would just you know grab it off the internet, post it and then Right. Whereas a Tumblr, it's easier to give someone credit, and so I was like, okay, I need to do this. I need to switch over to this, and so yeah, I was taking a lot of steps.
0: So you were, you were, we're gonna, we're gonna, all right, we'll veer back around. But all so right. you were constantly, what well, you were waking up every day and doing, several pieces, and like how 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 calculated was this brand building?
1: I mean, I would do it. I guess if I when I needed a break from the work work, I would draw stuff for fun. But I think there'd be times where I would draw something I wouldn't necessarily be my first choice to draw, but would be more popular.
0: Okay. Is there a, for would, instance? Like,
1: I'm trying to think. I can think of the ones where I drew them knowing that no one would care. Like when I did that uh <laughs> four bushman Ma Hunkel team up, I was like, No one's gonna give a shit about this. There's going be five dudes were super excited about this. Yeah,
0: sure. I mean that <laughs> reminds me of in two thousand I think it was two thousand ten.
1: That's the sort of thing that I like. But I, I know I have to like do other things. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: you no. Know, in 2010, I did a drawing of Finn and Jake from Adventure Time, mm-hmm. and I scanned it and I sent it to Chris and Jacob, Chris Jerusalem Jacob Shabbat. Yep. Who I go to this, you know, for the people listening. Yep. Uh, who I go to, who I went to San Diego with every year, and I said, "Hey guys, you think anybody will buy this?" And they wrote back, "That's like the only thing they're gonna buy." <laughs> well, again, this is 2010 or whatever was like, mm-hmm. Greg. People are gonna want Deadpool, Harley Quinn. There's this new whatever movie had just come out. It might have been Thor. I was like, yeah, I guess. And that year is when Adventure oh. Time, like people wearing the hats, like it had blown up. And I was, I missed, the, I missed the boat. I could have sold that sketch for forty dollars. Why,
1: why didn't you bring it with you? You already did it. You had already done it, Greg.
0: Yeah, I know. It's a nice drawing. <laughs> anyway, so then how? And, so this,
1: the, the, there are yeah. certain ones where it coincides too, like that Wonder Woman batch I was doing. Which Where, is more,
0: much for fairly recent. That was it, yeah. It was,
1: it was more fairly recent, but it was that was partly with the same mindset. I wanted to do it, but at the same time, I knew that it was something simple I could do that interested me that I could continue to put out there. And it was just sort of, I know people like to see different costumes, yes, and Wonder Woman, but I also like studying different versions of characters. I think sure. it's interesting, and I like I find character costuming interesting
0: yeah so oh, and we're gonna talk about that as well All right. <laughs> uh, but that was even i mean at that point you're doing those wonder woman things when your big your first big assignment squirrel girl is announced so theoretically you knew no longer have to
1: it's true well you know what until issue one came out
0: you were still playing i, play, I had pushing. no idea how yeah. this was
1: gonna go because squirrel girl is pretty different from yeah. you know Marvel's usual affair or just any mainstream an, argu- an argument
0: could be made that Squirrel Girl would be D-list
1: yeah but I just mean like I mean the tone of the book the entire sure. tone of the book and the art style but nobody knew and... that
0: go- I mean at, the, at a certain point all they knew was Squirrel Girl Ryan North Erica Henderson right okay. but
1: they, I think they could tell the art style was different they had that one oh, picture yeah. up for sure and you know the immediate reaction to people were either being excited Squirrel Girl was doing a thing or who the hell is that Yeah, or dudes being upset that she wasn't like crazy hot
0: <laughs> right which is relative to like what is what is crazy hot
1: oh just like every other girl in comics i know but i'm saying that's like that's, that's a I, relative I opinion yeah.
0: Uh, yeah that's a whole separate conversation
1: but and so i, I yeah. was worried that this was going to be an immediate flop and that was going to be my entire foray into <laughs> the world of mainstream comics
0: <laughs> everybody's allowed a flop for what it's worth
1: yeah but if your first thing's but a yes, flop
0: if your first thing's a flop it's harder to recover. Yeah. And for sure,
1: they were there was some pretty decent advertising going into it. So,
0: I mean, it, it goes to this thing I think about, I talk about, which is the, the closed circuit of, of social media, which is you see what you see because you choose to see it. Right. So from where I was sitting, Squirrel Girl was going to be the biggest <laughs> thing you'd ever seen <laughs> in the world because I follow you and I follow a lot of people that know you. So it just became right. it was a giant love fest. Right. Which was great. I mean, I remember seeing the announcement thinking. Oh, uh, this is going to be something, because this Ryan North guy has done a lot of good work with Adventure Time.
1: Yeah, when I found out it was Ryan North, I was like, oh,
0: that's I'm interesting. Like, <laughs> I'm like, they've, they've, they've put together a team here that, that could have legs. Like, this could be something. But that's getting way ahead of the right, thing. So, back. before you were doing these Wonder Woman drawings, as you're already known by people, how, were you, how did it happen that you ended up doing that Marvel Universe redux or the Project Rooftop stuff? Was that just you reaching out to them or were you doing your blog and then Dean Tripp said, hey, I like your work. Do you want to design? No,
1: I, I met Dean because I was I was sending stuff in to Rooftop. So you were just sending? I, yeah, I was doing stuff for the contests. Right. Because he was doing contests back then. Yeah, I figured yeah. they were interesting thought experiments. Sure. You know, because it, it's all about and it's redesigning a character in a way where it was still it still felt like that character mm-hmm. and there was nothing about who that person was that you were changing. Right. I thought that was very interesting as like a, just a design experiment. You know, it's and a site. And then I met him at Heroes Con. Like I sought him out and said, Hey, it's me. We've vaguely met online.
0: <laughs> yeah. Internet correspondence.
1: <laughs> Not even like we just, you know, you send I th- in I your think, submission. Yeah. I had, he knew my name from pictures in the internet and I knew him from this website. And so we started talking after that because I had, we met, and I made sure to go talk to him.
0: So then, and then the Marvel Universe Redux is that another case of you saw it, or that it, was that somebody approaching you? Because you drew Hercules, and I know you like Hercules, so that seems. Oh, you know like... what?
1: I think that was one. I it was either that he was posting that he wanted people to sign up for this, and they would say which characters they wanted, and I think I got in early enough that I was like, "Oh, right, I want Hercules."
0: I want, I forget who else. I know there's Hercules, there's Beast. That's
1: right. And there, like there were two more. that I signed up for that I haven't drawn. <laughs> I haven't drawn them yet. It's, it's still ongoing, so it's okay. But I also signed up for Cap and J. Jonah Jameson. So I just whooped in and was like, hey. I think you I'm drew just the thing. Think. I did do the thing.
0: Okay. Yeah, and, and Maris did the Falcon, right? I think, I think you're think. right. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember looking, again, I was looking for a costume reference for this silly game. Right. And I was like learning about all these people. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. So I guess there's something to this notion of putting material out there even if you're not getting paid for it.
1: Yeah, and I figure in a lot of ways, I want to do these drawings anyway. Yeah. So I may as well use them to my advantage.
0: Sure. Again, calculated. Yeah. That's probably the wrong word, right? Considered. Sure. You considered what you were doing and why you were doing it. Right. It wasn't just fan art for the sake of fan art. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then we finally met at Comic Book CityCon – in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yep. Courtesy of the good folks at Acme Comics. And I am always curious, and I will I will respond in turn, of first impressions. So you had actually communicated with Smitty over email. Yes. You'd met Jermaine. You didn't know me at all. You didn't know that I knew who you were or anything.
1: I didn't know you, and I didn't know Chris, and I didn't right. know Jacob.
0: Right. So first impressions, I'm not worried about Chris or Jacob. <laughs> I can imagine what your first impressions of those clowns were. But first impressions, because we met in the store. Like you guys had shown up. No, we picked you up at the airport or something, right? No. Um, I can't remember now.
1: It was in the store. Jermaine grabbed us at the airport. Right. And you guys had a car and we were staying at the same hotel.
0: No, it's a different hotel, but we gave you a ride anyway. Oh, that's
1: right. No, Smitty was staying at the hotel.
0: Yeah. Chris, Jacob, and I gave you a ride. Yeah. To wherever it was. It was the Biltmore. Yeah,
1: which is supposedly haunted.
0: Suppo- allegedly, supposedly haunted. But I remember you guys walked into the store. I don't. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much about what I think the impression is. So, do you remember your first impression?
1: I mean, I don't. I I remember meeting you. I don't remember what my first impression was. Okay. I don't. I did not have a negative impression. Let's but st- I think we hadn't spoken enough for me to get a positive impression. Sure. So it was just, you know,
0: because my general assessment is, especially when I'm there, I have a very much a big man on campus, sort of energy to me, mm-hmm. and I sort of walk around like I own the place, and I don't, <laughs> and I'm maybe louder than I might normally be, and mm-hmm. sort of more on. I mean,
1: it, it was pretty clear that you knew everyone and you were <laughs> part of the group, right? And Randy and I were coming in as outsiders,
0: right? Did did you feel welcomed? Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, you guys gave us a ride. So that, was, that was all I yeah, needed. That could be anything,
0: <laughs> giving a ride. Because I will say my- yeah, but I had Randy there, so it was good. Yes.
1: You guys seemed, you guys seemed okay, and Randy could beat you up. <laughs> Randy could beat up so... a lot of people.
0: <laughs> a lot of people. I actually thought of him. You're on Kate Leth's Less Than Live, and the conversation of like who would beat up who. like Who oh. in comics could- What was it, Battle Royale style on an island? There was, I can't remember. There was some conversation like okay. if, if it was a comic book creator battle royale situation, who would be the last person standing? And she's like, I don't know any comic people that would like fight. I'm just like, I know a lot of comic people that would fight. Randy's one of them. Paul Azaceta does uh, Thai kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, there's other people. It doesn't matter. We're not gonna that, go listen to the Paul Azaceta episode to hear about people that fight. Okay. In comics. All right. Not you. I'm saying the listener. You can do whatever you want, Erica. You okay. don't have to listen. Well, I want to listen too. Okay. <laughs> uh, so my first impressions of you, meeting you, and and we talked about this the last time we hung out, was I always forget how young you are because you carry yourself. Older is probably the wrong expression, but you come across for two reasons. One, you draw really well.
1: Thank you. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> but you also you carry yourself maturely, which is to say... You don't come off as a silly person and it might be like a level of shyness or something that's in there, but you come off as somebody that is, that doesn't speak unless you have something to say really. And you're sort of taking stuff in and paying attention and you're not just going to be an idiot. Is that fair?
1: That's fair. I think, (laughs) I think there's going back to like the being calculated thing there, which I think, you know, came from being really really shy as a kid and then at one point knowing that i'd have to get over it
0: (laughs) and so how do you flip that switch or has it flipped yet
1: i mean i think it's just one of those things where you just have to do it to to talk to someone i figure that's that's how everyone else does it so i just i I, think i'm just just, but i'm just more conscious of it maybe yeah because i'm inherently uncomfortable With meeting new people, I'll just go in and do it, but be very, very aware of what's happening because (laughs) I'm not pleased with the situation. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Certainly, I understand that. No, I'm, again, for a lot of my bluster, I completely understand because if I'm on a train or if I'm walking, I don't talk to anybody. Right. I don't. I'll go into a comic store and not talk to any. I don't want to say, I don't say anything. I'm awkward saying, hi, I do this comic.
1: See, I've I feel like I've gotten to a point where I can appear open and verbose.
0: <laughs> Did I just so have I just like undercut you by saying you're quiet and and uh, thoughtful?
1: Well, no, I just I think
0: I mean this I, I've in, gotten past yeah
1: the point where that's where I am all the time.
0: And this is different than being behind a table at a convention. That's a whole different right. animal, right? I mean, that's 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 performance, yeah. <laughs> That's showtime, like, beyond anything else.
1: Oh, it just makes me, makes me think of art school and all these kids who, like, didn't think you had to learn how to interview or talk to people, and they would just sit there being like, well, my work is good, and so I'm going to get a job, and I was like, I wonder what restaurant they're working in now.
0: <laughs> well, okay, so how do you learn that? Because, you know, you are taught over and over again that good work finds an audience and blah, blah, blah. Cliche, cliche. I think because
1: my dad's a writer, so I knew that, Good work by itself does nothing. Good work right. by itself just sits there because it needs someone to sell it.
0: That's an important let. <laughs> See, that's I think that speaks to this, the maturity. Is like that your your awareness of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I sometimes still cling to the ideal that good work people will talk about it.
1: Oh, well, you know what? I'm not another thing too. Where uh, along those lines, and I'm not going to name names.
0: No, please. But there are enough if people do, that have out. built
1: themselves a fan base who I think. Just make absolute garbage. Oh yeah, and they make so much money, and they and they're talked about all the time because they've gotten out there and they've gotten their audience, and so it's it's you know.
0: Oh yeah, we'll name names afterwards. Okay. When I hit we'll, stop, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we're gonna completely talk. That's what we do. That's the after show. Nobody gets is the smack, <laughs> smack talk because that's the fun part. But that's I think like... that's
1: the other part I need to think about is that there's all these people, and I can smack talk them as much as I want, but they're making thousands upon thousands upon thousands more than I am all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. no, I'll do respect to all podcasts, but I talk smack about podcasts, and I know (laughs) they have more people listening to them. There's no question. Based on on numbers as I imagine (laughs) them to be, I can only... Yeah, but that's... As classically happens on Stuff Said, we're saying a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with what we're doing. All right. So... You are younger than you appear to be. We won't reveal your age.
1: I don't I don't care, but uh, okay.
0: <laughs> but you're not yet thirty. I'm not. Right. Okay. That's important in that I am approaching very closely. I'm approaching forty. Okay. In fact, I think let me think. Do you not remember? No, I remember. I'm just trying to think when this episode will drop. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I will be forty. I will not yet be forty, but I'll be very close. All right. So theoretically we are a generation apart. Yes. Right? There's, there's about a 10-year gap, if not slightly more. I think slightly more. Slightly more. Yeah. So, by that measure, you would be considered, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, a millennial?
1: I guess. I feel like <laughs> as I've gotten older, they keep changing what my generation is. Because at first it was, I think we were Generation Y, and then we were Nintendo Generation then we were the 9-11 generation, and now we're millennials, and I have no idea.
0: I, my theory is that Generation Y, I think you're just under that. I think millennials are kids that grew up with the internet. Okay. Where the internet was like a part of the world. Okay. So this is my theory. I'm not a sociologist by any means. There's also the expression the Tumblr generation. Do I, I
1: think <laughs> I'm just out of that, because for me, Tumblr is a tool... And not a social media platform. Interesting. Okay. And I think I've, over the past year, figured out how much of a social media platform Tumblr has made itself to be. But I, I it's all foreign to me, that part of it.
0: So the, all of this is building to the question of, there is a group of you, and a lot of you live in Somerville, Massachusetts. Okay. But there, you are all over, because there's a, there's a Babs tar on the West Coast, there are people in like the, the the Chris Sims and such in, in the Carolinas. Right. Uh, who else is out there? There's a bunch of people. The Midwest has pockets of you guys. Also, uh,
1: Bethany Fong lives right by me. Oh, that's Summerville.
0: Yeah.
1: It was just, yeah, it's not another person, you know, another.
0: Right. I'm just trying to think of like where Oh, all over is. the place. The oh, there's
1: like Chris Haley out in Memphis, Tennessee.
0: Right. Uh, Kate Leth in Canada. Yep. Uh, you guys are all over the place and you've built yourselves. So the question is, do you consider yourself part of a movement or a generation do you think about that or do you just like this is like a big internet party we're all we're all here and it's awesome
1: I've thought about it a little bit just in the sense that people often ask <laughs> how you get into comics yeah and i know that you know growing up you read a lot about okay you go to a convention you know you send in work you know you fill out that that marble book i forget what it's called oh no? yeah
0: well yeah at a certain point for when i when i broke in mm-hmm. which would have been the late 90s it was you do a five-page sample and you yep. send it in. Yep. And it's, I've I've equated it the equivalent in comedy to you do your five minutes for Johnny Carson, which right. might be a completely foreign thing. I You you know who Johnny Carson is. I'm familiar. Yeah. So you do your five minutes and then, then you can get something on a network or whatever. Right. The five-page samples is a thing of the past. Like, nobody does that.
1: Right. I and mean, now it's, and now you put work online.
0: Now you put work online.
1: And I, mean, I think that started with web comics yeah. which was like late 90s yeah, yeah i'm going back to like sluggy freelance and that stuff
0: yeah i think even pvp started yeah at that, that, that point. was
1: around then too yeah. and then people putting work online with uh elfwood was that the, the pre DeviantArt? art deviant art no idea yeah it was elfwood and then DeviantArt art and like i guess now it's DeviantArt still around but it's more tumblr
0: the tumblr pencil jack was another one I don't know Pencil Jack. Pencil Jack again was sort of maybe pre-deviant art. I just know that that's where Robert Kirkman found a lot of people. So, and I I
1: think, and I think, uh, yeah, I do consider us be part of the generation that is doing this differently. You know, making a name for ourselves apart from the major publishers, and not in a way that you know, like the black and white comics of the '80s did, where Mm -hmm. they were sort of very obstinate about being separate from the major publishers we're just you know doing our own thing in the hopes you know one for fun and two in the hopes that someone will ask us to do a thing for money
0: right to do a thing for money not necessarily so so for you and and i'm not gonna ask you to speak on behalf of everybody in in that okay generation because that's that's not fair to you and it's not fair to everybody else but for you so you were working in the video game world you were doing, like, apps and things of that nature, which I imagine is not what you got into video games for initially.
1: Actually, if the first thing I was doing video games was uh, I was at Harmonix, and I was editing trailers, so there were, like, little mini music <laughs> videos, because, you know, it's, like, all Rock Band DLC, and I was doing those every week, which okay. I actually really enjoyed.
0: Okay, but you weren't drawing.
1: I wasn't drawing there.
0: Okay, because I imagine there's a complete theoretical imagining projection I'm guessing you were getting into video games because you wanted to design characters and levels and storylines and stuff. Or am I wrong?
1: You know what? It was a job. Okay.
0: <laughs> so what did you? What were you studying in art school?
1: I was an animation major. Okay. And I realized partway through I really didn't want to do animation, but I stuck with it.
0: Interesting. And and okay. So if you were to do animation, let's play a game of of sliding doors. What area of animation were you focusing on before you said f this?
1: Okay, well, there was one experience I really enjoyed, which was actually not in school, but an internship, which was at World Leaders Entertainment. Uh, I was interning on Venture Brothers. Okay. And I liked the process. there. There was a lot of, like, character design, like, story development and stuff going on in the studio, and that was interesting to me. So, like, what interested me, what I figured out interested me about animation was visual storytelling,
0: but visual which storytelling then, in terms of storyboards or visual development and character. Design? I
1: just I just wanted to just visual storytelling, that. yeah.
0: Okay. Because those are, I mean, if you really parse it out, those are two separate disciplines, right? There's the character are, designer, yeah. there's the visual development of the world, and then there's storyboards. Yeah, and those I all make a cartoon. I
1: kind of like doing all of it, which sure. is where comics comes in. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I guess
0: <laughs> if you, yeah, comics and cartooning and, and animation are different in that and the I, jobs I, all become one.
1: And I think in that sense. I like comics because I can be greedy about it. Yes. I can, you be know. very selfish. I and can't. Controlling. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, I understand. I also okay. like comics, yeah. This is, we're speaking the same language. Okay. We might be separate generations, Erica, but we're all drinking from the same uh, water fountain. All right. That... Kool-Aid? I guess it's Kool-Aid. Yeah.
1: I guess I don't want to use Kool-Aid. It's often the term we used for, for uh... a cult. Well, I know, but for a cult, we use it a lot to refer to um because I worked, you know, a lot in, like, apps development later on, a lot of, like, startups. Okay. And I feel like I was I really liked where I was because we were all, like, fairly cynical New Englanders. And we used to see these other people, like, these very Silicon Valley types who were just, they were just thick in the Kool-Aid. <laughs> they were just so into the Silicon Valley thing. They were just, so that <laughs> Kool-Aid has, like, this really negative, like, really douchey con- connotation it. for me now.
0: That's interesting. I wouldn't even have thought of it that way. I think of it as the cult because that's...
1: Well, oh, but it's we are referring to a cult, but like in the, in the right. sense, I've it's used the it so Silicon much. Valley cult. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, as part of this generation, we'll just call it a generation. do you want to call it an internet club? What do you want to call it?
1: We can use generation. Okay.
0: As part of this generation. So, I watch it. Because
1: like everyone, everyone's on the internet now. Like, you know, Rob Liefeld's on the internet. Yeah, yeah. So. No, we're
0: all there. But there's a difference between... This is a per, perfect, perfect setup for me. Okay. So, I'm on the internet. I'm on Twitter. I, yep. I say things once in a blue moon. <laughs> but the way I interact with the internet is very different than the way you interact with the internet. Right. We approach it very differently because I am, at this point, I have to admit, I'm getting older. And I have to shed some old ideas and get with the new ideas and wrap my brain around all that. It's a whole new learning curve on my end so that I don't, I don't become a stodgy weirdo. Right. You guys are sort of making the rules. Changing the changing the game. Again, from my perspective, like I'm seeing it because I'm following all you guys on social media, and I'm like, oh, so this is like there's a social consciousness to what you guys are doing mm. that I don't think was around when I in the in the late '90s.
1: Right, it was just a thing. The it internet was, like was just we, a place we to. We just wanted
0: to make comics. Right, like oh, I wanted to. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It was as as tight a shell as that is. I wanted to make comics, and my dream at that point. It was like a several-fold dream. One was make comics, build a name, and then write and draw a book, hopefully power pack. And then take (laughs) that and then go do my own thing. The model of a Mike Mignola or Alan Davis never super did his own thing or John Byrne or any – you know, Walt Simonson. Like Those were the guys that I looked at and said, that's a career path right? that is fascinating and the the ideal. And it seems like you guys – or you, I don't know. You'll you'll tell me. Okay. Who are the markers? Who are the people that you? Or is it not even that? It's like no, the game is different. It's a whole everything's blown up because image is different now than it was.
1: I think there can be people you look to, but probably just different from person to person. I don't think being online changes it as much. Right. You might have more insight into who a person is, or. I guess, more insight into who a person wants you to think they are. Maybe not not even the
0: people specifically, but just in terms of what the career path means now. Because now Mm. there's no longer the five-page sample. Now it's make a lot of work yeah, and try and promote yourself without seeming like a a lecherous creep.
1: I guess for me, I don't know what the career path is because I've just always kind of I guess rolled with the punches. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fair. And I don't I guess I don't want to too heavily focus on one direction because then it doesn't allow me to consider other directions. Okay. Because there are so many different direct, so many different places that you can go. Just you know, doing sequential art or oh, just yeah. art in general. That I don't want to discount any of it.
0: That's again perfectly fair, and and that makes sense. As somebody who is studying animation and then, like, at a certain <laughs> point said, eh, screw this. I'm going to go do something else. And then you. I guess I'll do video editing and then comics. Yeah. And then you get a job and then you lose that job and then you're doing comics and then you're sort of bouncing around. And it seems like that almost, from other interviews I've read and seen what people say, it seems that's not that people are falling into comics, but it's less that thing where that I had where I was 11 years old and I said I wanted to make comics and my life was zeroed in on right. that. We're like, this is what I want to do.
1: See, for me, I wanted to do art. Right. And I liked comics. And I just didn't I wasn't sure where I wanted to go. Yeah. And so I just I went around until I figured it out, I guess.
0: So you draw all the time. You're posting stuff. You're you're you but before that, like as a little shy little kid, were you drawing all the time?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> my parents told me that like I used to give my preschool teacher like a new drawing every day
0: (laughs) so do you remember the early stuff you what kind of stuff did you like to draw when you were a tiny little erica henderson
1: i really don't remember
0: earliest thing you can remember
1: i remember finding a drawing that my dad had that i had done like i wasn't sure if it was a monster or a roller coaster but it was, like, a monster that was sort of, like, half landscape, but, you know, it was sort of this mound that came up well, it was, like, full of teeth.
0: Okay. <laughs> so you were you were monsters and such. I just, because, like, like, some people draw.
1: Whatever. I drew. Some people draw
0: animals. Stuff. Some people are drawing people out of the gate. Some people are drawing horses, which is an animal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some people are drawing flowers or cars. That's a popular thing. I
1: don't think I ever drew cars.
0: I think with, maybe with boys. I still don't really draw cars. Cars suck. I hate drawing cars.
1: <laughs> I draw shadows with like wheels coming off of them. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> if,
0: it, if it works within that world. Although, there's a page in Squirrel Girl number two.
1: Oh, the, the crazy New York page that like drove me insane. It's just a flying car. That's a shield car. It's a shield okay, flying car. Okay, I don't cars.
0: know. Yeah. I figured as much, but I'm like, that's interesting.
1: I, I just went on Twitter and asked, hey guys, what are some marble flying
0: vehicles? And nobody said the Fantastic Car. It's in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to study the page closer. Sorry,
1: <laughs> I was reading it. There were only like three things. Like, okay. there's like the no, four things. There's like a little. It's like a big web hidden somewhere. But you know, it's tiny because the pages t- show yeah. so much. There's a lot going fantastic on. Fantastic Car, one of the shield flying cars, and there's Moon Knight's helicopter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so much stuff. It's a nice page, I will say. It's a hell of a page. I wouldn't want to have to draw it.
1: It was the worst. <laughs> I it was the worst. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what were we just talking about? I don't even remember. Oh, what you drew when you were a little kid. Yeah. So
1: I remember that drawing of a monster.
0: Right. Do you remember when you got your first sketchbook? How old you were? No. Okay. I
1: think my mom says that when I was two, I said I wanted to be an artist. Wow. And I was just drawing all the time.
0: Right. So, okay. This is something I haven't talked to. I, maybe I have. Do you remember... When you made leaps, like legitimate leaps in your work.
1: I think so. There and were what were those leaps? Okay. Since my dad's a writer, he also knew a lot of artists. So I got to talk to a lot of artists as I was growing up, mm-hmm. which I fully admit was like an advantage that, big advantage that I had. Everybody, um, like
0: whatever advantages you get, if you can, if you can use them, good on you.
1: And like it was interesting because like I generally got real legit critiques as like, you know, <laughs> that's a little like kid. an 11 year old. <laughs> I read this drawing of Sailor Moon and it was Fred Harper. He was looking at it and said that like the lighting didn't make any sense. It was coming from all over the place. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. And I like thought about that in a future work, you know, just, I remember that moment very okay. clearly of him saying that the lighting didn't make any sense. It was coming from everywhere.
0: So he went at a lighting. Interesting. Okay.
1: That's just one that I remember. Yeah, no, oh, that, no I'm yeah. Not,
0: there's no judgment on that. It's just it's an interesting thing to, because when I look at people's work, I don't think about lighting ever, <laughs> almost <laughs> ever. I look at construction, right, technical drawing, how things sit in space, kind of a thing. So it's it's just an interesting thing to think about. Was he a painter? I don't know the name Fred Harper. Oh uh,
1: yeah, he okay. uh, he's a painter. And... Painters
0: think about lighting more than.
1: It's fair, except for Mike Mignola.
0: Yeah. Yeah, although
1: it's a different kind of lighting.
0: Yeah, he's doing almost like graphic design on some level where yeah, it's creating forms and shapes, but it's a different animal entirely. He's awesome. We're not going to dispute that. No, no one's arguing that Nobody's point. Nobody's arguing. <laughs> Erica, we're not arguing that. We are agreeing. Yeah. Okay, so that was a that was a point in time. And then, did you were you conscious of like I am getting better. I am getting better.
1: Um. That's I think what I mean. so. Like,
0: where there were there moments you are like this drawing? This drawing uh, is a, is a dramatic. I know in high school
1: I would get through one of those Strathmore sketchbooks like one a month.
0: Wow, nice.
1: And so I had a lot of those, and I could look back and be like, "Wow,
0: that's garbage." <laughs> right, and then every now and again you hit a, pay, a drawing, and you are like, "Whoa, that's where I figured out." Yeah. Feet.
1: Yeah, because there is. I actually still have a bunch of those sketchbooks. I have all and mine. I don't have a lot of them because uh, one a month. Yeah, no, I I didn't do one a month. There were so many. I also Uh, wasn't uh,
0: sketching tradition. I was doing, like, finished drawings on every page.
1: Oh, no. Some of these, I was also... Sometimes I would take notes on them, too. There'd be things where, like, there were, like, notes on U.S. history, but, like, Wonder Woman's talking about it. (laughs) Awesome. But, yeah, like, it's interesting looking back at some of them now because I'm so... It's, like, a decade removed. Yeah. And I can see a page where it's, like, oh... This is actually like good. Yeah. This this like there's like three pages in here that I wouldn't be totally ashamed of right now <laughs> if I posted these online.
0: That's good. It's that's I mean that's I'm saying that's good cuz I've had the same like I can go to my old sketchbooks like yes, this page I remember when I drew this. Yeah. Being happy with it and realizing I unlocked something. Leveled right. up if you will. <laughs> to use a parlance, a gaming parlance. You studied animation? But you're you're super interested in, in costuming and costume design. You yourself are a fashionable person. Okay. You consider you consider what you wear. I do. You 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 show shoes that you're interested in on Twitter. You're like what are these shoes? And they're like crazy sometimes. Sometimes they're very interesting. I don't know much about shoes.
1: I mean, to be fair, I don't always want to buy them. Sometimes it's just this is an interesting piece, and I would like to share it
0: with the world. Yeah, I'm not saying you're Melda Marcos with a bunch of shoes. That's a reference to the nineteen eighties.
1: I, I I know what it is. Okay.
0: I'm familiar with Mel Marcos. I was coming off as such an idiot. <laughs> like just a complete old man jerk. That was meant as a joke, people listening.
1: To be fair, I learned it by watch, I learned about her by watching RuPaul's Drag Race. So Okay,
0: so I'm not wrong. Anyway, Mel Marcos. You're not a, wrong that it's okay. a it's, a weird, it's reference. a weird reference. Did you ever consider fashion illustration? Was that ever a thing that hit your radar? No. Really? <laughs> because why?
1: Well one, I wasn't interested in fashion until later in life. And it was this part of this whole like my mom wanted me to like be a more traditional girl and I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. So <laughs> up through up through high school, late middle school, high school, I dressed like a sloppy teen boy. And then I was at a certain point I was like, I don't wanna do that anymore. But then I would just wear like slacks and a tie to school. Right. And so there was I had a long personal struggle with fashion okay (laughs) which like sounds weird to say but it's true because i think you know there's a i came to realize how much it meant even if i was fighting against it or if i was like doing stuff with it
0: how 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 much it meant societally or to you personally i think both both. okay
1: because you know my mom had expectations and then those expectations what other people saw meant something to me and whether I agreed or disagreed with them affected me in different ways. So,
0: yeah, you want to be the person who doesn't care what anybody says or thinks, right? But you're a human being, right? Yeah.
1: And I think I sort of got over that thing when you're a teenager and you're like, I don't care what anyone thinks. So it's like, no, no, you actually do. Let's you let's t- let's, let's not let's pretend.
0: It's one of those things that's hard to admit. Just like it's hard to admit the cliche of it's not what you know, it's who you know. It is who you know. Oh, it totally is. Like that's that's super important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Like. Beating Chris Sims, like, changed my career.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a he is a megaphone. Yeah. He is a guy who will trumpet and, and like, beat the drum for somebody, and people listen to him. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I completely understand that. All right, so you never even thought about fashion.
1: Also, my mom was in fashion, and that was oh. another, like, mom rebellion thing.
0: All right. Because it's, I mean, I've seen your sort of costume sketching and things like that. You know, you certainly... Yeah.
1: But I think also having knowing that she was in fashion sort of gave me a glimpse into the fashion world, which that is I, horrifying. Yeah, it's horrifying, <laughs> and it's like she—you know—for the most part, you're not going to be in high-end fashion. You're not going to be, you know, doing runway. Yeah, and even people who do runway, most of the time, they're designing their T-shirt line. So,
0: yeah, you're probably working for a T-shirt company that has a license to a thing, right? And you're slapping designs yeah. on a T-shirt.
1: And I did. Work at the place you worked at for a couple of summers to make money, mm-hmm. and occasionally you'd see these like fabric designers come in with their portfolios, like hoping that someone would buy a fabric design. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want any of this. I just need to get out as fast as I can.
0: Yeah, somebody I went to high school with went to RISD for fabric design and fashion. They actually do it now, yeah. which is impressive. I, th-
1: there are ways to do it that are not the depressing way that I've seen.
0: But it was just an interesting, like, again, me who wanted to make comics and didn't even go to art school to see somebody so committed to creating fabric and fabric design and it's like that's a whole it's a world that's so foreign to me. Yeah. But I have such a poor appreciation for the arts. (laughs) I'm I'm an embarrassment to everybody. I'm certain of it. But to costuming, speaking and speaking of Chris Sims. Okay. There was a piece in May 2013, I think. Okay. I think.
1: You'll have to remind me what this piece
0: is. Yeah, I will because we talked about it at Free Comic Book Day. And it was, no, maybe it was 2014. Yeah, okay. last Yeah, 2014. Yeah, that was last year. Where it was about what makes a great costume, an iconic costume. Right. Okay. And there's a bunch of quotes in there for you, and I did not write any of those quotes down. But I want to talk to you about costuming because you brought it up earlier. Yep. And I have a lot of opinions on costuming, and and on some of these we agree, particularly w- with respect to enough with the noodling and the and the schmutz on the on the costumes. Right. All the. All the well, I think part of what bothers twirls. me
1: it's not even that there's a lot going on, because there are you know fantastic pieces of clothing out there that I'm very impressed with that are all about noodling. You know, you just you pay someone to throw a thousand beads on something, which is like a month's work or something. But that but, doesn't make for a costume. That's not does, uh, a multi-use costume. Right? right, but I'm just saying. Yeah, um, yeah. There's stuff like that that I really enjoy. But I think what bothers me with comics is people doing noodling when they don't know how clothes work. Okay. And so I'm looking at, like, someone drawing in seams, and they're like, oh, look how real this is. And I'm like, that's not how those pants are made. Have you ever worn pants? That's <laughs> not. You have pants at home. I know this.
0: So better to show no seams yeah. and let it be a costume. But, like, yeah, there's... Let it be make-believe.
1: It's, it's both. Like the noodling is too much, but also now you've angered me because it's wrong. <laughs> sure, it's inaccurate.
0: <laughs> bad noodling and too much of it is a deadly combination. Yeah. So in your drawings, you draw in a, in a cartoony style, right? Yeah, we can say that. And that's not a bad word. I draw in a cartoony style myself. So we are all, again, in this continuing sea of agreeance. <laughs> we like drawing as cartoonists. You don't show the scenes. You don't.
1: Sometimes I do something I don't. depends
0: on How when close I'm you are it. to the drawing? Like how close up the image is?
1: Maybe. I think I generally on Squirrel Girl will like draw the seam down the middle of her
0: her top. Okay. But you're not drawing the zipper that would zip it.
1: it there's no zipper. Right. Okay. It's just a seam. It's oh, stretchy. It's, oh, I see. It's like a bathing suit. <laughs> All right, I've so thought about this. <laughs> I'm
0: sure I, I, it doesn't surprise me. So I don't remember what my question was going to be. Okay, you're simplifying your your shapes. You're simplifying your images. You're a cartoonist. You're creating a a graphic representation of real life. Yes. But you are considering the actual construction of the garment. Yes. Are there any periods where you go, well, technically this couldn't work, but it would look cool?
1: I mean, I guess in certain senses where, like, let's say the bottoms of Spider-Man's feet would, like, come off. Like, the, the bottom of those socks would come off every day. He's running my Manhattan, Like, yeah. that's enough of a jump that you can forget about it. Like, it would make sense as a garment to put on. But we can ignore the fact that that's just not how fabric would work, you know, running around <laughs> on rooftops all day long.
0: Sure. Or, like, new 52 Supergirl. I don't like it. I don't. I'm not a particularly huge fan of it. There's a lot of problems I have with that costume. But let's talk about those boots.
1: See, I hate that. Okay. Like, but actually, technically, that could work because boots are made of a stiff material. So let's say like the leather or something, you could have a stiff leather and put a cutout in there.
0: But it does. It just or, looks. Oh no, it big. looks bad. And and I have trouble with the mechanics of those boots because depending on how you're drawing those legs, it just, it just looks odd, and you you don't know where things are connecting. Right. That's you what I mean by something. Diaper. What's that? She's got that little diaper too. Little diaper's weird. Yeah. Uh... Especially the way they, they have the cut out.
1: And it's like a it's like the Superman logo, but the diaper on her crotch. Yeah. The way that yeah.
0: it creates that cut as opposed to just making it red Or just shorts. making it underpants. Yeah. 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 That's what I mean. Or, or, yeah, underpants or boy shorts or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Now, again, I, I only point out those shoes because people, I think there are people that think they look cool.
1: Are they women? I
0: don't know. That's Internet. what i'm
1: that's what I'm saying
0: I don't think they look cool and I'm not a woman. I'm saying I think boots look cooler than crazy boots function out of the equation
1: right, well, I think also there's just I think there are certain we' went to talk about that costume in particular design principles that are just missing, like we just go back to that that crotch shape. it just keeps bringing you to the crotch, which if that's your main goal, good on you right. But we've lost the rest. I could not tell you what the top half looked like because I just keep focusing on that crotch.
0: Right, I I can because I actually read that comic because the artwork was awesome. Mahmoud Azrar was doing awesome stuff. But it's a weird cape where it sort of crisscrosses over. Okay. It's got a collar because every new 52 character has a collar. It's long sleeves on the top with the Superman logo. It's sort
1: of a Power Girls kind of thing.
0: There's There's no cutout. There's
1: no cutout, but it's like the... Yeah. White top long sleeves with like a it's blue. side cape.
0: It's a blue top. No, it's standard oh, it's cape. Cup. Okay. It doesn't matter. I guess the, the inherent question is this is something I talk about with people all the time, is that the there's a constant driving towards realism from a certain a sector of comic book readers. They want mm-hmm. things to be realistic and functional. Right. All right. We'll talk about another costume. That's okay. actually very cool. It's the Batgirl costume. Okay. The Cameron Stewart one. Yeah. It's a cool looking costume. Right. It is not that far removed from the original Batgirl costume. It's not. It's just...
1: It's just made of utilitarian parts. Right. It's, it's a more guess, attention to the materials. I don't need it to be entirely real. Because like I was saying, I like Spider-Man's costume. Yeah. But no one's going out like that.
0: <laughs> right. You know,
1: it's not... You know, Batgirl could take off her mask and go out in that outfit. Right. You know, just take off the cape and the mask. And it, it's just a jacket with pants.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where I sort of become a little, like, hmm, can't we we embrace the costume? Like, I understand that it's cool that she's wearing the yellow, those yellow... uh, Doc Martens. Doc Martens. But it was also cool when she had the boots that made the little bat signal at the top of them. Original Batgirl's boots.
1: I'm trying to remember. I'll draw them. Did they have a little bat signal at the top? Yeah. I'm going to
0: draw them. Do You just mean they have,
1: like, a little divot right there? It went like this. Okay.
0: This is hot podcasting, folks.
1: We'll just cut this part out. If I remember oh. correctly, they did that. Okay,
0: I think that's awesome. It's like it's a comic booky thing. It is, and you kind of lose that when you give her actual boots you could wear in real life.
1: Right, which is funny because you could wear those boots.
0: Right, you could wear the comic book boots. Yeah, you can wear Wonder Woman boots if you she, want to.
1: She wouldn't be able to just buy them,
0: but no. you can. Yeah, but. That was
1: was the thing that I actually liked in Batgirl Year One, where there was the utilitarian part where she made her costume, but she made it into a costume. You knew where the parts came from. Right. But she then made it into a superhero costume as opposed to a real-life outfit.
0: I just think it's interesting that in these stories where we accept that there are superpowers, we accept that she could swing building to building... Mm -hmm. You need this, like, really, the costume needs to be very <laughs> grounded. It's like, why can't we all make that leap together and say, yeah, Batman made a costume. In all right. his years of studying, he and Alfred figured out how to make a capsule belt.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's fine with me. Yeah. It's when you try to be realistic. And fail. And you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> is there, an, is there a, with, not naming an artist, but is there, a, for instance, that you can think of where that has been blatantly bad?
1: Oh, like New 52, Batman, Superman, where like they're covered in like seams. (laughs) Every one of those is a weak point in your outfit. Every one is a part is a place where you've weakened the material because you've now (laughs) cut it apart and put it together more. I
0: feel like the intention of that is that it's like plate armor.
1: But that's not even how plate armor works (laughs) because it's not. (laughs) Because there's not then there's not enough seams to show where the Person inside would move
0: right. Yeah. Again, I because the I, lines
1: are then going the wrong direction for that.
0: I am a fan of a blue and gray Batman with the Red. yellow circle and the belt with the with the test tubes around it. Yes, like that's awesome.
1: I like the test tube, I also like just the big pouches too.
0: The pouches are good, and I remember when I was sixteen, I'm like, "That's the coolest thing." Of <laughs> course, it'd be pouches, but when I was nine, test the, tubes. Capsules, the test yeah. tubes were the best. And then I, you'd see, like, a, there was the who's who. Like, they'd show you how it worked. Yeah. And how, like, the ultra-thin wire. It's like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Like, it takes it to that next level <laughs> that I love. And now we're going to get to the conflict.
1: Oh, what are we going to talk about?
0: All right. Here we go. All right. So you tweeted. on me. And I, I, you got to give me time to set this up. Okay. You sent out a tweet at some point. I can't remember when. Okay. And it was a joke. And I know it was a joke. The joke was, finally have how to draw comics to Marvel Way. Now I'll do it right, or something to that effect, right? Okay. Right? Am I yeah. paraphrasing correctly? Yeah. And I'm like, that's funny. Okay. That's a funny tweet. I have no problem with that. Okay. Then you followed up with, man, people are really taking my how to draw comics to Marvel Way tweet the wrong way. I did not go back to see what people were saying because I don't care. Okay. But that thread, the conversation that happened from that follow up tweet, Got my hackles up.
1: Okay, so what was going on there? Okay,
0: So what was happening there, and I'm not going to name names because it's not the point. It became a conversation where two people in particular were coming down on that book and all of its flaws. Okay. One of them was about how the, the chapter on perspective is terrible and you should read this other book about perspective. Okay. And the other one was very, it minimized it to the point where like, I think you are looking for something to be bothered by. And that was... All I learned from that book was... To never draw a woman over 30... And to make everybody in action poses. Okay. Alright. Now these are no things you were saying. These are things people were saying. Okay. And... It, it sort of... It got me as a superhero comics person. Because... I'm like... That's... That's the... The book is How to Draw Comics to Marvel. way. It's not trying to say how to draw... How, it's very specifically a superhero drawing book. Right. An instructional yeah. thing on how to make exciting superhero comics.
1: And for a certain era.
0: And for a certain era. And I would say it's a pretty entry-level book. Yeah. So To be
1: fair, I didn't read it all the way through. I sort of skimmed it. It yeah. seems to have a lot more information in a lot of like how-to books I've seen out there.
0: Oh, no. Look. <laughs> it is an entry-level book, but it is an awesome book. And it's a book I recommend to a lot of people because I think it's a great... It's John Buscema. Yeah, that, that's hard to go wrong there. The guy is amazing, and he's so good. He's so capable of doing so much in terms of drawing dynamic yeah. and powerful imagery. I think that's what really bothered me was the idea that, and again, well, I think this I think part of it is that these other people. Well, but I, I want but to but talk. I'm going to say a little bit yeah. about
1: that. I think John Buscema can do some really good, powerful imagery, but there wasn't anything about that they were doing. Very kind of, and this is not to disparage Kirby. But they were doing very standard a lot of very standard Kirby stuff in there from what yeah. I could tell. And I think that's maybe what they were acting at. they were just sort of they were showing you things but not explaining why they worked. And in, you know, the sort of panel layout and how that kind of thing creates a dynamic page rather than just here are some dudes like running at the screen and it's really it's crazy.
0: There's definitely a chapter. About composition where he, he shows a boring panel and an exciting panel. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just tipping the camera. and Sometimes it's putting something in the foreground. So he does okay. address it a little bit. okay. Which is why I'm not coming at you. I'm coming at the conversation. Okay. As being sort of... And it's, it's, again, maybe a personal thing for me where I felt like, hey, hey, that's what superhero comics are. Like if you don't like superhero comics, that's one thing. But it seemed like... And this goes back to the generational thing. Where I wonder, is it generational where superhero comics have changed so much where now superhero comics are Matt Fraction and David Aja's Hawkeye?
1: Right. Which I is think
0: so removed from a nineteen seventies or eighties Marvel comic in terms of content and visuals.
1: I think some of that stuff is still there. But there's this need to make superhero comics more than that. Right. That and so they're You can't just rely on like only exciting bits.
0: I think depending on who you're trying to appeal to.
1: Right. I mean, definitely. But I think that's what they're reacting to in that conversation. Yeah. Is that.
0: Again, you don't, we we don't have it in front of us.
1: Right. I remember it vaguely.
0: Yeah. But you you tweet, you're on there. I'm on there You're having a lot of conversations. I am. I can't expect (laughs) you to remember them all. And this may be just like a complete uh, flop of a conversational topic. I don't know. But I just think it's interesting because you draw, okay. I found I found the, the circle around. Okay. There's an old interview with you on YouTube. Uh oh. Don't worry. It's not it's nothing bad. From when you were working on a webcomic called The Gilded Age. Okay. And the guy interviewing you is talking about how much he loves your action stuff. And you respond with like, Oh, I think that's my weakest like that's the thing I, I think I'm weakest at, but thank you.
1: That sounds like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but now you're doing a superhero comic and you did Atomic Robo, which has action elements, and Subatomic Party Girls has action elements and fight scenes. Right. So, on some level, you are playing in the field of dynamic superhero action world comics.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I've gotten better at it too since oh, you yeah, know my I, very first comics work.
0: <laughs> you very much have gotten better at it. There's no question about it. So, it almost seems and again, I don't know what the reactions were to the first tweet about Hydro Comics from Marvel Way, but I guess that's the question. What you're seeing people say, I guess you don't react to it the way I do, where you feel like, well, now you're minimizing the value of action adventure comics. Hmm. That makes sense?
1: Right. Yeah, it
0: does. So do you not have that reaction? Are you less sensitive to it, possibly?
1: I guess I'm less sensitive to it. I don't think it's as useless of a book as the people you know, were saying it was. Right. But I kind of understand where they're coming from because it's not just action adventure anymore as a genre, not even Marvel. Yeah. And But it's, I guess it's interesting to me that they're coming at it from a different lens. You know, it's not a 1970s lens they're viewing it with. Right. Which I guess people do pretty often, but I think I grew up watching a lot of like older stuff and right. getting used to looking at stuff through you know if i'm going to watch them i'm not going to view it as like a current monster movie i'm going to view it as a 1950s like giant ants movie
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's i guess that's what it is it's it's i think i was reacting to that lack of it's almost in a weird way empathy where it's like well look at what this book is right before you come down on it as being less than what you think it should be kind of a thing
1: yeah like It's it's not understanding comics, but understanding comics is talking about different stuff.
0: Right. And, un- not, and understanding comics or how to draw comics from our way are not comics sequential art by Will Eisner, which is...
1: That's a fantastic book.
0: That book is serious. If you want to talk about composition and building pages and how to oh, tell man. a story... Just
1: his whole section on <laughs> the moment to choose in an action sequence, where right. he just draws out the entire action and just tricks the one. It's like, yeah. this is it.
0: Which is done... In how to draw comics way, but much simplified. Right. Like John Buscema gives you four. Yeah. It says pick one on each end for the most exciting thing. And Will Eisner takes it. I mean, it's Will Eisner. It's Will Eisner. Forget <laughs> it. We move on. Something you are very good at, and I'd like to think I'm pretty good at it too, is drawing facial expressions. Okay. And, and the range of a facial expression. So I've thought about it a lot as I've done it because I just have. How are you approaching this? Are you doing the traditional? I have a mirror at my table. Are you doing what I do, which I don't want to say what it is yet because I don't want to. I want to um, hear what you.
1: I don't have a mirror at my table. I tend to just a lot of times I just feel it out. Yes. Um.
0: You make you kind of make the face. Yeah, and you know kind of make the face. Happen. You can like
1: you can feel your face and then you draw what you feel your yes, face doing you, exactly. Yeah. That's okay, a we can five. high five. Okay.
0: Nobody else. I I talk about that. Like you sit there, and you're like yeah, my my cheek would crunch up, yeah, and then my yeah, okay, and which you... is
1: always fun when I'm drawing at the coffee shop because so I'll be sitting across from like, like Joe Canonez and he'll give me a look, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing that.
0: I think it, that's great. Yes, that is. I've tried to explain that to people. We're like, yeah, you just kind of make the face, yeah, and or think about what you have to do to make that face, and right. then you go, okay, so the lips and like even curl. though
1: we both draw pretty simplified, there are still things your face does when you're ex- you know, expressing certain Face things. mechanics. Yeah.
0: I agree. Okay, good. That was... Okay. I just wanted to confirm. Check
1: that off the list.
0: <laughs> Check. We draw... <laughs> ex- we approach expressions in a very similar <laughs> way. Uh,
1: I never got the mirror thing. And I think if I had a mirror right there, I'd spend half the time just being like, oh, I don't look good right <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> yeah, just... I've never... I, I, I've actually done it with hands. Like, if I need to draw a hand doing oh, something... Oh, yeah, totally. I will look at my hand and say okay, that's what it's doing, and then I start drawing.
1: But I think, especially with simplified faces, and going back to understanding comics, we understand what they look like on a basic level, and we're so focused on faces all the time that, like, if you don't know where all the basic parts go, there are issues, <laughs> but hands are crazy. Hands are
0: nuts. I love drawing here. I've gotten... I, I. That's what I doodle. Hmm. Like, if I'm on the phone, which I'm not on as much as I used to be, or if I'm just waiting for something hands
1: i did that in high school i would take the subway into school because i lived in south brooklyn okay but i would go to Laguardia high school so that was like an hour That's 15 the fame minute ride school, right yeah it's the fame school <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right um
1: yeah and so i would just draw people's hands like because everyone's just sleeping in the morning I oh, so you were draw- doing
0: like from life hands yeah okay interesting i'm drawing hands like animation hands like i'm just putting them in different yeah, contortions. I, I've
1: been practicing those a bit too, just because it's a different it's a different animal.
0: Do you have a a standard hand construction, or does it change randomly?
1: I think it changes a little bit. I think mostly I use Bruce Tim's hands.
0: Which is the, the sort of it's like a square, then, yeah. <laughs> I've turned I've turned that rectangle. I do it almost like a like a home plate. Okay. And then the fingers come out of that. Okay. Or I go straight, just circle with sausages coming out. <laughs> Yeah, it's like balloons. <laughs> we could do that offline too. That's that's like it's the one trick of doing this is sometimes you get into a visual conversation, right? And like, oh, nobody can see. We're, we're describing the shapes. We are describing the shapes, but to actually see what I'm talking about when I say the baseball, like home plate, and then how the fingers work, right? It's well you didn't you see.
1: didn't show me either. I mean you're just no, moving your just hand around. No, I didn't I'm opening my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: seeing it. Like I'm looking at my hand like, yeah, I see the baseball diamond. No, I, I, I get it. Squirrel girl. Okay. Shoves you into the limelight. Yes. <laughs> you are now drawing a Marvel comic with a character that few people have really touched.
1: Yeah, which is cool.
0: Like the hand, it's maybe a handful.
1: It's basically uh Ditko. Ditko. Dan
0: Dance lot with Dan. Paul Pelletier. Yep. And then it was Bendis. Bendis and Diodato.
1: Well, Diodato and Stuart Eminen because he took over for okay. like an issue or two. That
0: guy's good. Stuart Eminem. Oh
1: my God. That guy's <sighs>
0: good. <laughs> okay. So.
1: Also, it was weird seeing. I feel like I hadn't seen a lot of Diodato's recent work because I realized that was him. It was so confused because I just, I just think of him as bike short One woman.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. Modern Diodato and 90s Diodato are different animals entirely. Oh,
1: it's not, it's not the same guy. Yeah. It's not even like Greg Capullo, where you're like, "Oh, your work changed a lot," but you can see, yes, where he came from. You can see it's the, not the same. Yeah. It's, it's not the, the,
0: the same. The, the 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 cartoon thread of Greg Capullo is all there from the beginning. Yeah, even Stuart Imminent, it's there from the beginning. Right. But yeah, so Squirrel Girl. Here's my question about Squirrel Girl. Before it launches, we talked about this before. It's like I don't know if this thing's going to take off or what. Yeah. So let's say. Because at this point, as we're recording the Squirrel Girl still rel- like, issue two just came out.
1: Yeah, but issue two is also in second printing now. So, the first two issues have had two printings.
0: Here's the question. Yes. Okay. And I mentioned this earlier with me, is, like, my my dream was, uh, Power Pack was my thing. Like, I would, at one point, all I wanted to do was write and draw Power Pack. And do a run on that book and, and show people what I could do. So, I had a sense of ownership over these characters. Mm-hmm. That I had no ownership of. Right. Do you feel that sense of ownership on Squirrel Girl? Or are you constantly checking yourself and saying, I don't own this. This is not mine. To, this is not mine forever.
1: Um, I think I do. Just because there hasn't been a lot done with her. Yeah. And a lot of what has been done with her has been for comedy effect left purposefully vague. Which is Where that whole, like, she's so powerful, she can beat anyone up thing came from. Because they just never showed the fights. Right, right. (laughs) And it's... uh, Yeah, I do feel ownership because we're we're doing a book that we want to see happen. And it's different from what's happening in other places and what's happened with her before. And... Yeah, I think I think she's very special to me.
0: And you got to redesign the costume.
1: <laughs> I got to—that was one of the first things I asked. Yeah, Marvel like calls me up out of nowhere. I'm like having the worst year of my life, <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I was having the worst year of my life. If, if um, we all have them. A... And they're like, "Hey, do you want to do this thing?" And I was like, "I have some requirements." <laughs> As if I have any clout, but they let me do it. So.
0: And a lot of your—I co- mean—the costume designs are posted. Think on Project Rooftop. Yep. Like, a, like yep. I like the one with the little red hood.
1: The little squirrel yeah, hoodie. I yeah, like
0: that one. I mean, I like. I, I, they were all really cool. That one like pumped because it was red. Like none of the other ones right. had any red on. Like oh, that's a neat with the little hood. Although she's showing her midriff, which seemed. I, I was
1: just drawing whatever. It like I had no idea what the book was. This was literally just me getting an email saying we might be doing this book. Can you do a drawing a squirrel girl to help us pitch around the office? And I said. Okay, so, <laughs> can I redesign her? So I sent them like four pages of stuff. So I'm
0: going to go... I had no idea what the tone was. So I'm going to go into... Because you didn't know Ryan was on it yet.
1: I didn't know Ryan was on it.
0: Ryan North for people listening. So I'm going to go into darker places because I am okay. maybe a slight cynic. Maybe. But, you know, there is a history in comics, in mainstream work for higher comics, of either, especially more recently, a series not going very long. Mm-hmm. She-Hulk, which is arguably a really great comic, right? couldn't get past 12.
1: Which, yeah.
0: (laughs) So, you know, some books don't last that long. Yep. Sometimes, for reasons that aren't always in our control, a creative team changes. Right. Who knows if, like, there's a possibility they'd bring in a new writer if they're not happy with what Ryan's doing, which seems hard to believe. But, again, playing... I feel
1: like the way they're doing it right now, if they were going to change things up, they would just get rid of both of us.
0: (laughs) Very possibly, yeah. Because
1: it's it's very team based with certain books. Yes,
0: but uh, but there's all again just based on all these things, right? And based on just the history. Does it never like again? And I understand that she's special to you. Does it never? And then, with like the the drum beating from Image Comics, of creator owned, okay. blaze your own trail, and again you are still young, so it is, is not perfectly fair if these things aren't things you're thinking of. Because you're still, your career is still very young, right? Does any of that stuff sort of create like s- slip in a little bit, or are you just like, listen, I'm happy right now, well, back off, which is perfectly. Okay, I acceptable. guess I
1: guess where it is is that uh, I've done a little bit creator owned. I'm enjoying making money right now. <laughs> of course, yes. uh, I'm enjoying the fact that I like this book and I'm making money on it. Yeah, and you know, there's plenty of time to do other stuff i'm sure at some point we will not be on this book anymore and also because it's very team focused i think you know this will forever be ryan and erica's squirrel girl yes and if someone else takes over it's someone else's squirrel girl yeah, so the
0: same way that there's fraction and Aja's hawkeye and then yeah. there's going to be Lemire and who is it ramon perez
1: is that ramon perez isn't it i think you're right yeah that's cool that guy's really good
0: he is really good <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, and I and I say all this stuff, again, maybe a little bit of projection, but I know... Look, I spent years doing SpongeBob licensed work, which wasn't comics or anything, because I was getting paid. Yeah. And it was not... And it's something... There's no harm in getting paid to draw pictures.
1: But earlier in 2014, I did the Johnny Bravo one-shot. That's right. And then... You know, I was doing some other stuff, but it was like it was a bad summer. I'm not gonna get into it. I wasn't doing as much work because there was like other stuff going on.
0: Life. And life happens.
1: Life was happening. Life was happening in spades. <laughs> um and then all of a sudden Marvel calls me up and like, you know, it was first it was just to do two pages in original sins. And then after life had calmed down a bit, I said I should email Will Moss again and literally that day i get an email from will moss so
0: serendipity yeah i think it's awesome i think it's great that you've worked really hard you draw really well and you're being recognized with, with by getting paid and getting attention so i'm all for it
1: i'm i'm pretty into
0: it yeah good <laughs> let's talk about a comic you like that you've talked about in the past okay in other interviews and you and i have talked about it castle waiting by linda medley all right and the thing you've said about why you like it so much is it's all about storytelling. Yes. And I want to understand that more because I, I did reread as much of it as I had, as much as I could. And I'm curious what you mean by it's all... And I haven't read all of it, so...
1: All right, I think, yeah, early on, there's not as much of that, but it gets into more of it later. Well, Part of why I, like, talk it up so much is just I want people to read it, even sure. though it's maybe not my number one comic, but I think where people should see how different this book is, and I just enjoy that so far. You know, it starts off with this seemingly very important plot line with like this battered woman running away from a castle when she's pregnant, and you know there are like these magical creatures trying to help her get to sanctuary. And for like two very thick books after that, there's no mention like she gives birth, but
0: to a little green like half yeah to like little dragon maybe
1: so I guess she was cheating on her terrible husband, right, which I guess is fair. can beat her up <laughs> absolutely but um you know most of it's just been people hanging out and getting to know each other and telling stories and then stories within stories and then stories within stories and i I guess I'm amazed by how much I love it, despite the fact that nothing has happened outside of a lady gave birth
0: so it's you're saying it's storytelling in like. The traditional the tr the like they're, they're literally like
1: there's like an oral tradition going okay. on within the book.
0: So it's not storytelling like she's doing things with panel layouts and visual right, storytelling. Because yeah. as I was reading it, I, there's a part in the early the one volume I have, which goes way back to when Jeff Smith published right. that collection. The the pregnant woman, Jane?
1: That sounds about right.
0: She is given the keys to the castle library that becomes her job is to be the librarian of the thing and i'm like oh maybe this is what erica was talking about like it goes into these books because in this world this world where fairy tale things happen they also have the oz books like that's in the library right which i thought was really interesting
1: and also like they have the oz books in medieval times yeah that's what i
0: mean (laughs) like the whole thing is like oh there's It's very strange
1: and, and anachronistic and but it's it's so matter-of-fact that you accept it, which I also like. Yeah. There's no need to explain why it's Animal People. They're just there. Well, There's no to... need to explain why like half the story is about a Cinderella analog. No, not Cinderella. Uh, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah,
0: the first, oh, the curse of Brambley Hedge. Yeah. Well, that goes to what we were talking about before in terms of costumes and like how much do you just let the reality exist without having to explain it all. Like, yeah, right. Wizard of Oz is in this library maybe it'll get explained maybe it won't but for the time being it's interesting
1: part of me likes that a lot because you get a lot of stuff this is something i talk about a lot with just comparing movies right now like genre movies to maybe ones like 20 years ago let's say the 80s yeah there was less need to explain every little thing and why it was happening you know they could just show something and then you knew that's how the world worked right and you didn't no one had to stop and exit the world and explain to the viewer that this is how it is now because why would they? They live in that world.
0: Do you have a theory as to why that has changed?
1: I'm going to say a lot more executives poking their heads into things because everything costs $2 billion now.
0: That's interesting because I would have said it's more people thinking everybody's a dummy.
1: Well, that's the same thing. It's like executives <laughs> yeah. needing, you know... Or it's the executives it's like, are the dummies? It's like, no, but it's more like you know, there's 10 guys in suits, and there's one who's always being like, well, will Middle America get it? <laughs> right.
0: Right. Presumption of dumminess. And
1: there may actually be a dummy in those 10 dudes.
0: Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of dummies sh- in those 10 dudes. Or dudettes. There could be a dude dudette dude in there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all right. uh, let's, let's use... I use dude in the dude ranch sense, in the sense okay, that they're all sure. city people. <laughs> I understand. Everyone's a dude.
0: No, that, that is fair, because I also react to the, the explaining of things.
1: Yeah, especially yeah. when there's absolutely no reason that someone would explain something. You know like if
0: I mean I don't watch it nearly as much genre stuff as you do. I watch very little of it. Mm-hmm. But I think it works just across the board. There are instances where like you don't need to like right. Like even to bring it back to comics, that first Avengers movie that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. I think you can cut that movie down by 30 minutes and not explain how they all get together. Just get them together. We'll figure it out. Do it in dialogue. Hey, we remember that time we talked about getting together? Just, <laughs> just get it moving.
1: Well, I thought the point of that movie was the getting together.
0: I guess, but I don't know. Maybe. I didn't love it as much as everybody else did.
1: I It's not my favorite, but I enjoyed it.
0: But with the same movie talk. Okay. Although we can talk about genre movies and which ones work and which ones don't if you want. I won't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I'm happy to learn. It's okay. Well, like a movie like Cabin in the Woods. All right. Right? Yeah. I have. Yeah. I really like that movie. I'm not a, I'm not a horror movie guy. Right. It's not my thing.
1: But I think part of what works, what we were saying before, is that they don't explain what it this organization happens. is. Yeah. It is revealed as time goes on. But there's, you know, those dudes go in the office every day. Yeah. Why would they feel the need to explain to each other? It's all clear.
0: Yeah. Very early on, like, okay, this is the conceit of this movie. Yeah. And you accept that that's real. Or even something like Scott Pilgrim, the movie version. Right. Like out of the gate. Yeah, you you know it's a different universe than we're living in. Just by the virtue of the storytelling. Yep. You sort of go, okay. Or the TV show Fargo. Did you watch that? I haven't yet. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's so good. And you just accept. I mean, granted, there's the movie Fargo that sort of sets up that tone. Right. But they do such a nice job setting up the tone that when things happen and things go super violent and then go Mm -hmm. funny... You don't need somebody to say, hashtag joke, JK. Well, I
1: think that's something we're missing, if we can talk about movies some more. Sure. Is that there's not as much emotion across the board in stuff now. There's things are, feel more monotone to me. Okay. Maybe you have like two things. Because like, Avengers is like action, but then there's melodrama. You yeah. Know? And I think we're getting a lot of that right now. Probably because, you know, things are very focus-tested to certain groups. Sure. I look at the movie, like, The Host. Have you seen that? I have not seen The Host. It's like a Korean monster movie. There's, like, every feeling in that movie. Like, and it just jumps from moment to moment. Wait,
0: is The Host the one with the the radioactive monster in the river? Yes. Okay, I did see that. Takes a little girl? Yeah. Yeah. I did like that.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a very different style of storytelling. And just different type of story in general, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. And... I don't know. it's sort of i don't know how you would feel if you lived in Korea and watched it but it's very refreshing to me well
0: cuz it's a movie that like it covers the spectrum yeah. there's funny stuff in it there's scary stuff yeah. in it there's heart
1: and i feel like that's that's just sort of life you're not going yeah. to have monotone in life
0: <laughs> yeah it's, i think that's one of the reasons i like the movie the way way back as much as i did i haven't seen it it's great okay it's not a genre movie at all it's coming of age thing that's fair that's it's fine so good it's one of those where like you sit and just watch the credits cuz you like the song that's playing. And you just want to like sit in the in the moment that you just watched this movie. Mm. Or even Birdman, which you also haven't seen. I haven't. Which covers that's not for everybody. But that's a really But I really want to see it. That's People a movie that I trust that in the first 3 minutes sets a tone and you go, "Okay, here we go. Oh. I will give me what you have, Birdman. <laughs> I I want to see the rest of what you what what's coming."
1: trying to think if I've seen anything lately that's like that where something starts off and I know I'm into it because they've set something up.
0: With the Lego movie count? I haven't seen it. Okay. That's a I good I haven't one.
1: been to movies a lot at all lately. See, I
0: thought Guardians of the Galaxy did but didn't. It starts with a very specific... The opening of Guardians of the Galaxy kind of hits emotional notes mm. that I feel like didn't quite pay off the way like right. the tone of it changed. It did. And then it becomes Indiana Jones. And then it tries to recapture that beginning tone. It's just like you, you, you took us away from it too far.
1: Well, I think they can go back. I think there's a way to go back. But I think they were afraid of going back that
0: far. That's what I mean. Like they went so far in the other direction. So that in the scene where.
1: But I think I'm just saying it's, it's possible to get back there.
0: It is possible. I think it's possible by not going too far away. And I think they went far away enough that in the scene with Gamora and Star-Lord on that balcony. Like right. that love story just didn't ring to me because no, they well, went too far from the emotional. Well, I think it didn't happening.
1: ring because like I just don't see those two. There's that too. Like it, it's only there because she's the only girl.
0: <laughs> yes, that is also true. But it, yeah, it was it was very much by necessity is the wrong word, but by what else is going to happen, right? Right. Yeah, but
1: they could just not have it happen. They could
0: also just yeah, I agree. Again, <laughs> it I'm, could just not happen. I believe we started by me criticizing that sequence. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> cuz like I think Iron Man 1 worked out with like him and Pepper not being an item at the end. You know, it's she's yeah. still just his employee yes. and they have a lot of respect for one another, but
0: I think it worked better with them th- anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Can we talk about popovers? Okay. So, you and I cook. We do. I don't talk about cooking on social media very much cuz I'm again, I'm figuring it out. I have a lot of weird rules in my head, but you do, you, you show what you're cooking.
1: I I do partly because I've recently gotten into cooking and trying different things and like doing things I've never done before. And so I want to show off this thing that I've done. It's, it's like what I do with Tumblr. It's like, oh, look, I just drew Hawkeye. And here it's like, oh, look, I just made soup from scratch.
0: So (laughs) it's the same thing. I understand. I look and I don't (laughs) do that with anything. I don't say like, oh, look, I've done this. I, I'm, maybe I'm too quiet. Too shy. Maybe. Hush, hush. But popover seems to be your go-to.
1: It's easy. It's really easy.
0: So, here's what I know of popovers. Okay. It's a very eggy batter. Yep. Has to go into a hot pan.
1: I don't put them in a hot pan.
0: Then the oven has to be super hot. Oven's at 400. Okay, the oven is hot. Yeah, the hot pan is for um, Yorkshire puddings. Okay, yeah. Okay, but it's a similar thing. Yorkshire pudding sort of collapses on itself, whereas popovers,
1: popover like, expand. Pops up. Yeah.
0: So are you using a muffin tin, or you have a popover tin? Muffin tin. Okay, so you're not going full popover tin where they're...
1: I don't see the point.
0: Okay. I already have muffin tin. Well, po- popover tins are deeper and narrower. So I, I think, think I've it got pretty,
1: pretty deep muffin tins, though.
0: But they're also wider. I think the point of the popover tin is they're also... Oh, they're more narrow. They're narrower. I so I think it creates more pop... Like it ends up being almost like an ice cream cone.
1: Haven't really had an issue with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now, I guess the question is like, why popovers and not quick biscuits or? I feel like they're even simpler breads.
1: Well, I mean, popover—you literally just. I mean, one—it was the first bread that I learned how to make. Okay. So, my first bread ever, and I made it because I was watching Good Eats while I was working. And I said, oh, hey, that seems really easy. I love you, Alton
0: Brown. <laughs> You've not gotten and tired of Alton Brown? Because I think I've reached a capacity point with him a few years I, ago.
1: I skip around. Okay. So I haven't paid attention to him in a while. I watched a little bit of Good Eats Against was on Netflix. And I hadn't watched it for a few years. So I don't I don't have a continuous Alton stream.
0: I watched a lot of Alton Brown early on. Okay. In the late, in again, the late 90s. I remember having dinner with Sean Chen talking about that show. This would have been 97, 98, 99. Right. As I, and I almost wrote a letter to him wow. saying, hey, I'm a cartoonist. If you ever want to do a, car, a comic book style cookbook, I would be interested. And I never did. And then I and then I read that he was working on a cookbook. I'm like, I forget it. <laughs> and then Ryan Dunleavy drew comic book cookbook for mm. the vegetarian restaurant Dirt Candy here in New York. Okay. It's pretty neat. Uh, but anyway, it was my Off first bread. Yeah, and it was super bread. easy
1: because it's just – you literally just take all the ingredients – I put them in my food processor so it's even faster. Mix it, dump it in the tin, put it in the oven. There's nothing else. <laughs> you right. just take them back out. So if I want some bread in forty minutes.
0: <laughs> so you're making them fresh every time you make a bunch and freeze them.
1: I don't freeze them. Cause they they're they're so light yeah, and they're delicate very... that I don't I don't want to.
0: Have you them. take have you tried taking that batter and doing something else with it, like frying it, making crullers?
1: I have not tried that. I had not considered that.
0: I imagine they're similar doughs. They're very egg, and an egg-rich dough.
1: I guess I hadn't thought about it because in the popover episode, he tries frying it and showing different things because it's. He's being coy and pretending that he doesn't know what the batter is, and he's trying to figure it out based on its properties. Okay. So he fries it, and it's falling apart because of I forget what I don't remember huh. every little bit of science behind it.
0: I mean I have not made crullers or churros or anything, but I feel like the dough must be similar.
1: Yeah, but I think churros thicker. It's got it's gotta be like it's more of a dough and not a batter.
0: But they it's coming out of a tube.
1: Oh right, you pour it right into the water, you squeeze yeah, it into the water. I in, forgot about that. that. Oil.
0: Oil. That's yeah. <laughs> if you go into the water, that's <laughs> just, gonna be gross. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's going straight or or you know, compared to something like I guess it might also be similar to patachew.
1: Or like spetzel.
0: is more like a dumpling.
1: But spätzle and like churros is a similar sort of like preparation. But like with spätzle, you boil it instead of fry it.
0: Spätzle goes through a sieve. It's like little little tiny I mean I guess you go through you a, do a piping ones. bag, yeah, and cut them. Yeah. Extrude in. Extrusion is what what the yes. word would be. But then there's something like a parachute. I
1: don't know what that is.
0: Patachew is what they make uh cream puffs or eclairs. Which is also very eggy, but that's cooked on the stove and then piped and then baked. Hmm. How uninteresting is this to people listening? <laughs> have like, have we lost everyone?
1: Maybe, maybe. I was uh, last night in one of my food posts pitching to Ryan that we should do the new Marvel cookbook, mostly because we both really like puns.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say how many, what punny? You don't want to give them away?
1: Well, it's. I don't think they're gonna let us. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't let uh Kevin and Chris do the new Marvel Fun Soup issue, so.
0: Yeah, but Kevin and Chris weren't making a current Marvel comic that was doing well. They were creating fan art and wanted to do uh... a.
1: Well, no, they pitched it to Marvel first. Marvel said, no, but you can like do it on your own. And then All they right. like, stopped the project.
0: All right, that's not Marvel not letting them. Well, that's Marvel it... not just choosing not to publish a swimsuit issue.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> but is, isn't this the same thing when Marvel, you know, we pitched it to Marvel and they would say, no, we don't want to do a cookbook?
0: No, because if they said, no, we don't want to do a cookbook, but you can do a blog about it. You're still within your rights to do it.
1: True, but they're still in their rights to do fan art. Right. Um, Okay, so <laughs> let's see. We had Fantastic Petty Force. Okay. Uh, Hirogies.
0: Hirogies. Is that just basic hero? Yeah. yeah. Now is that... Is well, that... no,
1: no, hero the character hero.
0: I forget. Oh, from uh uh Big Hero 6.
1: That works too. There was someone else.
0: Okay. Now, would that be a, oh, there's a pierogies done. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought of him as as a gyro. Johnny Stormcakes. Sure. So you wouldn't do like Aunt May's wheat cakes. You wouldn't go literal.
1: No, he would just, he would just make puns. Right. <laughs>
0: or that's, that's my preference. I know Ryan enjoys his puns. Oh, puns can be a joy. I'll think of a bunch after we stop recording. So what other breads have you made? Or you just stick with popovers?
1: Okay, I made a. I don't know what kind of bread this was. It was like a crusty. of was like breads really crusty on the outside, soft in the middle, it has like uh, cornmeal on the outside. I don't know what they're called.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either, but I know what you mean.
1: I've done buttery rolls,
0: like like Parker House rolls, like the pull apart. No,
1: not Parker House. There's these are ones that are like more flaky, so you like you can pull them apart. A lot of places.
0: Okay, but not. A they biscuit. were like,
1: it was. It's sort of like a biscuit. But it's more of the consistency of a roll. Monkey bread. It's a little denser. It's not monkey bread.
0: Okay. <laughs> this is gonna be another half hour of us talking yeah, about I bread. Know.
1: Um let's see, let's see. But what these else? are
0: all quick breads. Or or was the was the crusty roll done with a yeast?
1: Oh that that one took forever. Because it had rises and that was the amount of work that you put into it is maybe five minutes tops. But you mix the, like some of the ingredients.
0: Was this the no need bread? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, because then it sits for 19 hours. Yes. And then you turn it over, and it sits for 15 minutes, and then you put cornmeal on it, and it sits for two to three hours, and then you bake it for like 30
0: minutes. Right, so it's, bake it in a pot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have not tried the no need bread. I should.
1: I had some, I don't have a pot, but I have some, like, crockware that worked fine.
0: Yeah, as long as it's a thick, that well, can just, retain heat.
1: Yeah, it can retains heat and has a lid. That's, That's a lid. the best I had. Exactly.
0: Okay. Is there a bread you're, you're working towards?
1: I want to do bagels. Bagels scare me. I want to do pretzels. The pretzels scare me I was even more. Just so pretzels. Lie. It's, that's right. It's I lie. helped someone make pretzels once.
0: Have you watched the Great British Bake Off?
1: I have not. I've heard you talk about it. I've seen you talk about it on Twitter with Benito Serrano. That's
0: right. I rarely engage, <laughs> but I was like, well, somebody else is watching this show. I have to. I have to participate. It's pretty great. It's it's pretty great on a lot of level. One, it's a lot of baking. Okay. Two, it's such a stark difference from an American reality show, in mm. that it doesn't have the dramatic music, right? To create fake tension, right? It doesn't have the ridiculous characters, either as as contestants or, like, hosts and judges.
1: I sometimes enjoy the characters. I there's a part of me that enjoys watching, the ridiculous contest reality shows knowing that they're heavily edited and then part of me trying to figure out what was cut out you know right. in what way was this edited but also just getting into the insanity of this made up scene
0: see this British one is so much more transparent like, like they've all gone home for the week and they'll come back next week and you know they've been practicing right like there's a very clear like oh these people are coming prepared whereas the American one because they did an American version mm-hmm. with Jeff Foxworthy
1: yeah Why? Why is that your host for a baking show?
0: I think because the British one is these two uh, lady comedians. I think they're comedians. Anyway, it's pretty great and it's super pleasant and I enjoy watching it. Why not not, like
1: Jim Gaffigan?
0: I don't know if Jim Gaffigan wants to do that, but he would be great. I'm saying like,
1: you know, someone who's even mildly related.
0: Look, there's a billion people you could put. Or like funny. Maybe because CBS had or ABC had some sort of holding deal with Foxworthy.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll get off the Foxworthy thing. <laughs> you know,
0: he has said some funny things. I'm sure. Could be. It could be worse. It could be worse. That's all. Anyway, it's a fun show. Okay, it's very pleasant.
1: I'll to check that out because I, I like having things like that on the background. I recently, actually, while my boyfriend was in the hospital, just have something on that is stupid and mindless and ridiculous. Going back to this and Alton Brown, we've been watching Cutthroat Kitchen.
0: I don't like Cutthroat it's, Kitchen.
1: It's it's so... See, it bothers both of us because a lot of people on the show, one, like, it's it's very, very manufactured, and two, they don't go in understanding this is about game theory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. You take it to the full nerd level. Chush. Game theory. I understand what you're saying. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's... It's... Yeah, you're there to cook, but you understand that you're not an Iron Chef. You're there on a ridiculous show where you're given chances to screw people over and how to do that. Right. And there's...
0: There are ways to do that.
1: There are ways to do that. And maybe like two people do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the entire show.
0: Yeah, I think that's my problem with the show is I want to... I love watching people cook. Mm-hmm. There's something... It's like, you know, I guess the way people like ballet or whatever. I love that. The process. Seeing just what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that show's not about cooking. It's about game theory.
1: I guess... The parts of it that I like where it does cooking is when they actually do start the cooking and someone's been given every horrible ingredient and they're like, okay, here's what we do. And there's like some intense level cooking going on when they try to figure out what to do with it's that. It's cool.
0: Like the creative thinking I like, mm-hmm. but they don't show enough of the cooking. Right. I want to see hands on tongs. I want to see things flipping. That's Yeah, it is nice. You know what I mean? I want to see like ingredients going into the pan and what happens when the things, re- I want to see the chemistry.
1: Right. That was why I like Good Eats.
0: Yeah, Good Eats is very good. I love America's Test Kitchen. PBS. Okay. There was an old show that on YouTube you could find it called Great Chefs. That show was awesome. That was just like documentary style hmm. with voiceover because they were all speaking other languages. It's good.
1: Hmm.
0: All right, we have gone as <laughs> far off topic as possible, and that's my buzzer. So. Okay. Thanks, Erica. <laughs> Thanks. And there you go. That's another one for the record books. I don't know what the record is. I don't know what record I beat. It doesn't matter. For more about Erica and about stuff we talked about, go to stuffsaidshow.com if you're not there already. I usually drop a bunch of fairly extensive show notes with art and video clips and whatever else, links to things that we talked about. Also on the website, you can leave comments in the comment section. You can also donate to support the show. If you don't want to leave a comment, you can email me. Like, if you don't want to leave a comment but still have something to say, let me put it that way. You can email me directly at stuffsaid at gmail.com. You can also, on the website, join my mailing list where you get a monthly email that tells you what's coming up on the show and other things that are going on. And I'm on Twitter at Greg Schiegel. G R E G G S C H I G I E L. The show, aside from being at StuffSaidShow.com, is on iTunes, where I encourage you to please rate the show five stars if, uh, if you're willing and leave a review. The reviews, I think, also help. And if you uh, don't know what to write, consider just mentioning uh, what your favorite kind of bread is. Maybe it's a baguette, maybe it's a bagel, maybe it's Cuban bread. Maybe it's uh, matzah. I don't know why it would be matzah, but to each their own. I'm not going to judge your bread choices. The show is also available at acmewaveprojector.com as part of the Acme Wave Projector Network, home of the Acme Cast, which is a fine podcast from the comic shop Acme Comics in North Carolina. Speaking of podcasts, at the end of this conversation with Erica, you heard me say, there's my buzzer, and you probably heard that buzz. That buzz was Chris Girusso arriving Because we recorded an episode of Cruising Together The show that Chris and I do with a rotating lineup of guests Chronologically watching and kind of discussing the films of Tom Cruise It's funny It's a funny show And you can hear the episode we recorded with Erica On June 30th So a month and a half from right now Unless you're listening to this episode any time after it comes out, and then it'll be a shorter amount of time, or if you listen to this after June 30th, it will have been in the past. But that totally doesn't matter, because there are a bunch of episodes already available, and you can hear them. You could search iTunes for Cruising Together, or go to com slash Cruisin' for the episodes that currently exist, and you can subscribe for episodes that are to come. As mentioned, Erica works on a book called The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. If you like The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, I encourage you to please check out *Pix: One Weirdest Weekend, my graphic novel. It is available in comic stores that are smart enough to order it. It is available on the internet at things like Amazon. If it says it's out of stock, don't believe it. Order it. Or you can bypass all of that and order directly from me at pixcomic.com on the store button you'll see it there you can order it and if you do then you enter in coupon code at checkout e h you can get 20 percent off the paperback the digital version or the combination paperback or digital uh, so i encourage you to do that again especially if you like squirrel girl you can read the first chapter at that website pixcomic.com for free get a taste of it 19 pages of free comics I'm going to be at Awesome Con in Washington, D.C. the weekend of May 29th to 31st. If you're in the area and attending, please come by and say hello. I'm doing a panel on that Saturday morning at 1030. I'm doing a, an activity in the Kid Zone on Sunday at noon. And I will be at a booth doing what I do. Selling books, drawing pictures, etc. The theme song for Stuff Said is created and composed and performed by craig chin you can see more about him at rude anagrams.com and for more about me go to hatter entertainment.com h-a-t-t-e-r entertainment all one word dot com that's about all the stuff i have left to say i'll see you next time